When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Cameron, any surprises tonight that you saw out there as we uh, go through the? I, I, and don't talk about Lake Norman. I want Gary to be able to speak for his Lake Norman pick once we get his once we get him figured out. Any surprises out there tonight? Uh, the surprise for me was just how dominant. I mean, I, we shouldn't really say it's a surprise at this point, but Myers Park just came out and just said, "Okay, this isn't going to be a game from no, the jump." Forty-nine to seven at halftime. We're just going uh, to step on their neck and move yeah, on. No, that was that's crazy. a conference champion type of team in East Mac. I mean, that wasn't you know top liver. That was a very impressive win. Um, if, you know, I also look at North Mac winning big. Isaiah Evans had 44 tonight, 34 the other night. I mean, he's playing as well as anybody out there. Uh, these playoffs are going to be interesting. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I mean, Lake Norman just went out there, and, I mean, it's like I told you on Tuesday, I really think, you know, they're dominant at all facets of the game, and I thought they'd win big, and you know, they, they, proved, they proved me right at least. Yeah, yeah, we got – okay, Gary is here. Gary? I'm on. Gary? Yes. What about your you, – you made a prediction on the show the other day that Mallet Creek was going to win the chip, and they went to Lake Norman, and, and Lake Norman – they got out to a 7 nothing lead, and then Lake Norman just started bombing threes from everywhere. I, I'm not sure which player it was, but the left-handed young lady was, like, shooting from Steph Curryville. <laughs> and uh, they, they made a big well, run. And, and Well, let's make a quick prediction. I predicted Mallet Creek would win. I didn't say they'd win a ship, though. Okay, all right. <laughs> All right. I I didn't go that far. All right. Uh I still think they're a year away. Um but yeah, I was I was shocked at how Lake Norman just just dismantled them defensively, not offensively, defensively. Yeah. Um they denied uh stone the ball uh in in transition and the other girls from Mallet Creek made poor decisions and once they started making poor decisions and turning the ball over then Lake Norman was like a shark uh in blood infested waters. So it's kinda like and they, you know, we talk about playing Central Cabarrus and you don't want to play the boys and you don't want to play them fast. Mount Creek was trying to play fast. I think it just kinda got away from them because sometimes you see the girls go by people and I think a lot of times when they go by people other than L Stone, nobody catches up. But Lake Norman was catching up, and they were getting a lot of deflections, a lot of tips. You could kind of see the Mallet Creek girls get a little frustrated uh, by the fact they weren't just able to beat them that way. And, and yeah, well, and when they slowed down, they were successful. Yeah, the the biggest thing that I noticed is you know the first three minutes, Mallet Creek came out on fire, and Lake Norman once they figured out what they were doing. They settled down, they executed their offense, and then it was bombs away from three, and then that gave Lake Norman confidence. Not that they need confidence because <laughs> they're undefeated, you know, but they got in a rhythm. 
you know, and they figured out, okay, this is how we can attack them. Uh, Mallet Creek tried to go man, and they backdoored them. Um, they curled off the ball and, and got layups, and, you know, Mallet Creek was over overplaying because Lake Norman shoots the three extremely well. Oh, my well. God. Who is the, and, who is the left-handed and, girl from Lake Norman? I, and I don't know her name, but she was like murder. Kelsey Ryan. Oh, my freshman. goodness. Yeah. Murder. She, she was. Yeah. Well, that's that's what we said about them all year long. Like they have, they just do their jobs, and they have specific kids that understand what they're what they're called on to do. And and tonight, Kelsey was really good for them, knocking down shots from three. She had eighteen, but Kirsten Lewis Williams had 30, 11 rebounds, ten steals, and seven assists. She darn near went for the quadruple double tonight. For yeah. the second game in a row, almost. I don't double. know. I mean, I know that we're yeah. in the era of of uh, of of extra seasons for players and transfer portals, but oh my goodness, I mean, she should be able to play well, basketball know, somewhere. Oh yeah, I, I I don't know I don't know what her offer status is, but Rick and I was sitting she, there together she, watching. She's an MM slash HM. If you, I mean, she. I, I told and I told Rick, but I told somebody else a, a week or two ago. She's the best player in North Ooh. Carolina, not the most talented, the right. best. Uh, because she does what's necessary to win. You know, she. When have you ever heard of a point guard also being the leading rebounder? You know, that's that. That's Magic Johnson no, she's, type she, stuff. I mean, she's. I mean, <laughs> the numbers she's putting up. I mean, the, the two hottest players on, in the western side of the girls' playoffs, Kate Sears of Otago, got fifty-seven points in two games. She had thirty-one at night. They blew out Northwest Guilford and then Kirsten. I mean, they just, I mean, every single night is just crazy numbers. And, and, and Shaq, you know, Randall over in Charlotte Catholic, she's starting to wake up too. What do you think? I mean, I told you guys on, on Sunday that the way the bracket shook out for 4A, that, you know, Blanca and they, they had a great, they had a great road for it. Um, they had some very favorable matchups, um, including their matchup with Marvin Ridge tonight. And, uh, you know, they've already played with Tiger once this season, so they're going to be confident going into that game. Um, and, you know, I think it's – I think, you know, the Elite Eight, you know, should be the run that they should be able to make. Who's coming out? I, I, I've, I've, I've been going with Lake Norman all year, and I, I know you you don't believe it. I, I don't see how anybody can stop this buzzsaw. I mean, they just have too many weapons. They have too many kids that just, that just do their job. And Langston, I, you know, a lot of my de- prediction was based on, I've seen Lake Norman, I think, three yeah. times. And the last two times, Hickory Ridge played them closer and closer. And Hickory Ridge is not uh, near as talented. Well, I won't say near as talented. They're not as near as athletic right. as Malik right, Creek. They're not as long. And you know, especially when I saw the Lake Norman Hickory Ridge game uh, early in the year, I, you know, I detected a little bit of of in Lake Norman. They got tired because they don't play a lot of people, right. and they play six or seven kids. And I saw them get a little tired. They didn't get behind because they were tired, but they just didn't blow Hickory Ridge out right away. 
And I thought with the depth of Mallet Creek that they could wear Lake Norman down. And instead, Lake Norman wore them down. Yeah. But, but how, no, how much of the Hickory Ridge thing is that we know them, we, we, we're we used to that pace, we know what they're going to do. And, and that probably has something to do with it. They and, and, play just, each other. And just getting bored. I mean, you know, I, yeah. think, I think some of the some of the things that we saw, you know, with teams like like Norman is you just you know you get out there and, and it's easy to get bored and you know you're worried about other things and you know it's not the playoffs yet and you know yeah. and, and and they've had so many blowouts you, you, their players even though they don't play a lot of players their players haven't had to play intense Langston, minutes Langston, it's the same, on a it's consistent basis it's the same thing we saw the other night with Carmel Christian Carmel Christian gets up big at Providence Day and they let the their foot off the gas pedal because the reality of it is. Since the new year, they haven't really played anybody tough. They've had one one game where that it was actually competitive, you mm-hmm. know, and, and 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 you saw it the other night, and and it allowed Providence Day to creep back into the game, um, but luckily for them, they they were able to lock in on defense and 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 close it out. Yeah, Gary, t- tell me yeah, about but- Independence playing Lake Norman on Saturday. Is there a chance that Independence could pull the upset? Well, there, there's always a chance. But I'm not betting against Lake Norman anymore. They convinced me tonight. <laughs> they they made a believe out of me. Hey, if this, you know, if Dale was with me, I'd ask him for some some of his crow without the hot sauce, <laughs> and, and and I would eat it because they are the real deal, and, and they can shoot yes. it. Oh my goodness! And they can take it to the hole. And anybody misses, Christian got their back. You know, she's going to get the offense. And that's, you know, that's kind of a frustrating thing because Mallet Creek would have them, like, in a trap. And then all of a sudden, you know, like, one girl would shake loose and there's always a girl sitting in the corner, sitting there, you know, knees bent, hands out. And it really didn't seem to matter who it was. They just were going in. And then when they would miss, as you say, uh, they, the long rebound would come out and they get the long rebound. So I, I, I think you can't play them fast. I think it's very similar to Central Cabarrus. You can't get – fooled into playing them fast because you just it's not it's not you don't do that well enough to beat them playing that way my opinion yeah I agree yeah you gotta you definitely have to make every possession count versus that team because they are just so daggone good offensively but I think you know some of the, they don't get enough credit for what they do on the defense end of the floor and I think in a come Saturday I think Kirsten is gonna be you know it's gonna be more about how good she is defensively versus Cam Kitchen than 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 it is offensively. You know, sometimes players like that, you know, that can that can score at yeah. will, they really take pride in what they do on the defense end and she's one of those kids. So I wouldn't be surprised if she has one of those games where, you know, maybe it's not close to a quadruple double, but she's really, really good on the defensive end. Yeah. And and you know what's really deceptive about her and, and I coached against them last year is she's so strong. Mm. She is very she's strong. Too. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't get you know uh, too high. She doesn't get too low. She's either gonna make the basket or she's going to the line. I mean, it's almost like an old school well, I, game. I'm where... kinda not, uh, not to interrupt you, Gary, but we, we got the guru Rick Lewis on here. Rick, you were at Lake Norman. What what do they look like in person? I was looking on the stream. What do they look like in person? Well, I, this is probably the the third time I've watched them in person. The one thing they're on defense, they're just relentless. Um, they're, they're the high school girls version of Central Bears as far as applying defensive pressure. And the thing about it is, is you can't get caught up in their game. Um, 
They'll try to speed you up. They're going to double team you. They're going to trap. Um, they have great anticipation. I mean, it, it was unbelievable how many times they, they turned um, a very good Mallard Creek team over. Um, offensively, the thing that they're so good at is they spread you out. They, they, do, they do have some really good set plays, mm-hmm. but they're able to shoot the three, so you have to go out and contend them on the perimeter. And then they have the ability to drive. But the thing that all of them do, even the little freshman guard who, Kelsey, um, she probably is one of the leading rebounders. But anytime that shot goes up, they all instinctively crash the boards and they get a lot of rebounds. And Kirsten Lewis um, Williams is phenomenal at second and third chance opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Do do you see anybody – and something else, Langston, we were talking about their pressure. Yeah. Here's how their pressure is different than any other girls' team that I've seen. Most teams only pressure after made baskets. <laughs> they pressure after after missed shots. Yeah. You know, if, if you get the defensive rebound, they're going to double you right now. And that's you know, they're going to double the rebounder or they're going to double the outlet play, pass. And they're going to force somebody to handle the ball other than the person that you want to handle the ball. Yeah, and, and I saw that frustration hit Mallet Creek in that way because they thought they were kind of off the hook. You know, they get, oh, we got a defensive rebound. They're just going to get back. And they dribble up the court, and all of a sudden two girls turn around and trap them. Yeah. And they try to make that cross-court pass, and here comes a third one to steal it. It was almost like there were six players out there instead of five. And they got a really good game plan. I mean, it's very similar, actually, to me, to what I see from Central Cabarrus. They got a really good game plan. And like I said, if you're playing Lake Norman, don't play them fast. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm convinced of that, too. Uh, you you know, even though they only play five, those five, they, they don't play get their tired. role extremely well. Yeah, extremely get... well. No, they're, they're, they're very good. Uh, and uh, Myers Park, oh, before we go on to the rest of the 4A and get to the boys, East Lincoln tonight tied a uh, uh, almost a 50-year-old school record for wins. They go they went 29-0. and uh, they, they are um, they're unbeaten going to the next round. Let me, I'm going to make sure I'm getting this right. I think I'm saying it wrong. East Lincoln tied a, a record for school, wins in the season, 29. In 1973, Lady Mustangs were 29-0. and They'll play St. Stephen's on Saturday in the third round. They beat Ashbrook tonight, 55-35. Emma Montanari at 18 points. So, congratulations to East Lincoln. But, I, but Randall and Gary, I want to come back to you guys. Mars Park lost to A.C. Reynolds, 56-47. A.C. Reynolds is going to play North Mech. If North Mech could get by um, at home against A.C. Reynolds, they could possibly have a rematch with Lake Norman, and that may have been the girls' game of the year. What do you guys think? I think that's – I think, you know, the big thing for North Mech, and for Coach Baker is to keep keep your your eye on the prize. It's going to be very very difficult trap game to not be yep the perfect trap game too to not be thinking ahead to oh we want our revenge oh we want our get back um, you know so to to stay focused and stay locked in on AC Reynolds um, and not be thinking about Lake Norman is going to be super it's probably it's probably the most important thing for, for, you know it, it's not about X's and O's it's about staying focused and you know, focusing on the job at hand. And but, and and to what Randall said, I left the Mallet Creek Lake Norman game midway through the fourth quarter. Uh-huh. And, and I drove down to North to see the boys game. And um so I got a chance to talk to Coach Baker. And um one of the things that struck me is everybody in the gym was sweating. 
you know, <laughs> it was a hot box in there. I mean, it's not very fans big. were sweating. <laughs> Uh, uh, players were sweating. The police officers were sweating. They had the doors open, oh, and, and and Jennifer said, "The she said she called CMS, the the air conditioning people. And they said, no, we're not gonna turn it on. It'll be okay.'" And I'm like, "Oh wow, you you don't expect, you know, in February to be playing in a gym that's 80 degrees inside, that's, and that's uh, and that's gonna be a factor if they can't get CMS to turn the air conditioning. Well, the game, the North game, will be, the game will be a late normal eventually, but yes, the game on Saturday will be. Yeah, the game on Saturday, and uh, Jennifer and mentioned was, to me she was going right to you know she was going home and look at film right now. Um, you know, I think they're really focused on on the game at hand. Uh, I know we all look forward to it, but. I'm kind of looking forward to East Lincoln and West Rowan because West Rowan is undefeated too. Yeah, they got they got to both get there, but yes, absolutely, yeah. that could possibly be a, a phenomenal matchup. I I, I I wonder, you know, West Rowan has kind of stayed local. I'm just kind of curious, you know, the playoffs kind of give us these matchups we talk about because a lot of these teams don't get out and play what we would think of as the elite competition. And there's nothing against staying at home and playing your home. I mean, you make the most money that way. But it's going to be kind of be curious to see how these teams do once they kind of face some of the other quote-unquote top teams in the area. So that is definitely a great game. But I, I did want to go come back to Randall. Charlotte Catholic and Shaq uh, going to play Northern Guilford on Saturday. What do you think about that one, Blanca Thomas and company? I mean, I think, you know, they're locked in. They're playing well. I think they kind of hit their stride. And, you know, the, the best thing is you always want to be playing your best basketball come, come February and March. And I feel like, you know, Charlotte Catholic is doing that right now. Um, you know, going on the road tonight with a big win versus Marvin. Um, you know, they're just going to be looking to do the same thing on, on Saturday. And I think, you know, for her, you know, as the leader of this team, she has been way more active on both ends of the floor. And when she's active and locked in, I think everyone else just steps their game up a little bit and they're a little bit more engaged, especially on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah. If any of you guys listening want to jump in with a comment, just raise your hand and, you know, we'll get you on and allow you to make the comment. Randa, I want to take you down. We had not talked a lot about South Mech. They got a new coach, uh, a lot of new faces. They're going to the third round. They beat uh, – they won tonight 79-57. They're going to play with Tiger. We talked about KC. I think she's the second hottest player in the area other than Kirsten Lewis-Williams. Can South Mech get past with Tiger up in the mountains on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing, this is one of those matchups where, you know, we talk about, you know, playing people. I think South Mech is going to be, is, has been extremely, you know, they've been battle tested. They've, they've had to play, you know, Myers Park three times in three competitive games. And, you know, Anastasia Sinclair is a kid who we talked about. You know, I think it's going to be a tough matchup for them. I think Anastasia is, is a very good defender. Uh, I think she could, she could make it hard for Kate. Um, and then, you know, South Mech has done a good job not only, you know, scoring the ball on the outside, but inside they've been very, very good. And, you know, Anastasia, you know, was leading the, the conference in assists. So I, I think that it's going to be a very good matchup um, come Saturday just because of the fact that, you know, they've, they're they battle-tested. And, and while, you know, they do have a first-year head coach, I think they've had some tough games that I'm, I'm not so sure what Tiger's had yet. Cam, Cam uh, you had something to talk about in 3A. Yeah, on the 3A uh, boys' side, I did want to shout out my alma mater, Northwest Cabarrus, got a, a one-point win over the third seed, Freedom. So that sets up a matchup with West Charlotte on Saturday. It should be an interesting game. Uh, West Charlotte probably has them in the size category, but 
mean, anything can <laughs> happen when the ball's tipped off. West Charlotte's huge. Go, let's stick with 3A cam. Central Cabarrus won 88-35 in the first round, won 104-46. Another team tried to run with them. I looked at that. I was like, mm, I don't think that's a good idea. They're going to play Southern Guilford in the third round. Can anybody stick with uh, Central Cabarrus till they get to maybe a West Charlotte? I've, I mean, I said it on Talking Preps on Monday. There's not a team in 3A within 10 points of that team. Not this year. Richie, what do you think? I don't think so. I don't think anybody's going to get close to Central Cabarrus. You know, one of the, one of the things that, that struck me tonight as I watched the Mallet Creek-Lake Norman game is it's so important. And and then also, again, when I went up to, to, to North Mech to see the, the Hopewell-North Mech game, it's so important that you have multiple players who can handle the ball. Because what these coaches are doing is they're taking away – you know your best ball handler, and you better have a counter to that. Right. And, and if and if you if you don't have a counter to that, it can really mess up a game plan. And um, so, you know, Central Cabarrus, they all handle it. You know, and they're gonna attack whoever handles the ball for the other team, and it's just relentless. You know, it's kind of like Lake Norman was tonight. It was relentless. Yeah. Like I said, one of the things I, I have rarely seen, I, I think that might be the first time I've seen it at the playoff level where a team can press you after a miss basket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of teams press after made baskets, but yeah. they press you after miss baskets. Yeah, there, there's no there's no break. I, I, I saw them in the Christmas time. Rick had it at Charlotte Latin. Rick, I want to come come back to you. Let's let's kind of come back to Central Cabarrus thing a different way. If Central Cabarrus win Saturday, which I think a lot of us think they will, on Tuesday they're going to play South Point or Crest. Can either one of those teams give them a challenge in the regional semifinal, Rick? Like I said the other night on, on talking preps, I, I don't think these teams are going to know how to hit them. <laughs> um, I, I, I just don't think there's any team that outside of, uh, you know, that's played Central Bears either in our, like, like our fall league or anything like that, that's really used to their style of play. And I've said it over and over. It's the most unique style of play that you're going to see at the high school level. And those kids have been playing together for four or five years. They, they know exactly what each one's going to do. One play ahead of each other. Um, they're just, they just know how to play with each other. They're averaging 25 assists a game, which is remarkable. They just have a unique chemistry and a unique bond that they're just playing as one. I mean, they're just that good. Um, I don't think they're going to have a game until they probably play Northwood in the state championship. I do think that will be a game that they, they will – it will be a very good game because you got Drake Powell and – they do have size, and they also have another guard. But the thing about it is most of these teams aren't used to the style of play that they're going to get to, against Central Cabarrus. What really turned it around for me that I've been on the Central Cabarrus bandwagon for some time, um, in our fall league, they were playing the Burlington School, which is a really good power team at, at the um, independent level, um, private school level. I can I can go back and, and, and they beat them by thirty. They they actually had a running clock on them, but more importantly, they played Word of God, which had all that talent. Um, you know, they had three or four high major kids on the team. They beat them in the fall league, and it, they just showed me something that that doesn't matter who they're going up against. 
they're not going to stop. They're just relentless from the tip off till the end of the game. No, I, I, I don't disagree. I shout out to Jamie Shaw and Justin Bradley. We got some high school about about Royal, well, college now with Jamie. Um, royalty in the building, so I want to say shout out to those guys. Rick, I, I, you kind of, you are kind of tough. Ran over my next question, but Northwest Cabarrus is going to play West Charlotte in the next round on the bottom side of that bracket, and Ben Smith is going to play Hickory, and I think maybe West Charlotte's going to advance, and I, I'm not sure about Smith and Hickory, but who do you think is going to play some Cabarrus in the regional championship of those three schools? Did we lose? Did we lose the guru? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I you went blank there for a second. I was um, saying, I was saying, is Smith and Hickory going to play on the bottom side of that bracket? Greensboro, Smith and Hickory on on Saturday, and then Northwest Cabarrus and West Charlotte. I think we all think West Charlotte's going to handle Northwest Cabarrus, but of the the West Charlotte, Smith and Hickory, one of those teams you think is going to come out and play Central Cabarrus in the regional final on Saturday? Well, you have Ben Smith, who's, you know, from the Greensboro area. They've been really, really good this year, too, and they play in a fairly tough conference. Hickory's one of these teams that they don't have the star power. Um, they're, they're a little bit like, you know, Central Bears is, you know, you look at their roster, they don't have any legitimate Division One type of prospect. They'll have some D2 and D3 guys. But the thing that's impressive about Hickory is how well they play together. Um, they could be the surprise team. Um, coming out of the bottom half of the bracket, and they could be the one that could beat West Charlotte. But I do think it's going to come down to Hickory and West Charlotte contending to play Central Bears for the um, Western Regional Finals. Gary Randall, you guys surprised that West Charlotte's kind of found his footing in the playoffs and talked about maybe the, the speed limit slowing down a little bit for him? Not at all. I mean, it's exactly why I picked them. Um, <clears throat> you know, the game's going to slow down. You're not going to see the athleticism that you've seen. You're not going to see the speed that you've seen. Um, no, you're not going to have to go against those things. And so I thought that it would, you know, they were with the, the people that they've already played, it was the perfect situation for them and, and that they would hit their stride um, come this playoff run. Gary, what do you think? I, I agree with Randall wholeheartedly. Um, you know, you, they have become battle tested because of the league they play in. And now playing outside their league at a lower level, you know, I just I just agree with Randall. You know, it's it's a lot easier now. The key for West Charlotte is they can't become complacent now that they've you know they've gone on a little run here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to continue to play well. Uh, they can't they can't resort back to saying okay we don't have to play as hard anymore uh, because we we step down a level in competition because the teams that they are playing are the best of the best in the three, a West, you know, and Langston, one other thing too, about West Charlotte, you know, speaking with Jacoby Davis um, early in the season, they were just snake bit. They had one injury after another, mm-hmm. you know, Donovan Raymond didn't get to the lineup till basically after Christmas. Um, so you have to work him into the lineup. You got to develop that chemistry with Donovan Raymond. The thing about West Charlotte is they have outstanding guard play. Um, so, you know, if anybody that can give Central Cabarrus a really good game in the Western side, I think it would be West, West um, Charlotte just based on their guard play. They got a really good, you know, sophomore point guard. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he's really good. He, he's he's really poised and mature for his age and grade. 
Um, but but they've been you know they've been there. They won the state championship last year, so you got some of the same returning guys you know back in that lineup. But I think it's been a challenging year for Jacoby um, at West Charlotte with the injuries and and all the other things you know having to have to deal with. You know you won a state championship last year. Everybody has these high expectations coming into the new season. You have the injuries. Then you go up against the likes in the Queen City, and you're going up against Chambers twice during the regular season, North Mech twice during the regular season, Huff twice, Hopewell. Those are all really good 4A teams, and you're a 3A team. So, you know, you can get a little bit lost in the shuffle by looking at just wins and losses when they came into the contest with 11-13 and 13 record, and I think – you know, going back to the talk and prep show we had the other night, one of the games I was featuring was West Charlotte because they're the team that could be a surprise team in the lower half of the Western region. I think Central Cabrera is probably want to see West Charlotte in the uh, in the regional championship. No question. Game. No question. I think that I think that's one. That's what I know that that you know they they've been thinking about that one all season long. Before we get to the four A uh, boys, I want to jump over to the private schools. Uh, Randall on the girls' side, North Northside Christian is going to play Crossroads at the championship game. Northside's twenty-two and ten. Uh, any any thoughts there? Northside got past a really good victory Christian team that seems, seems to win state championships year after year. Do you have any thoughts on that game? Yeah, that team, that team, that victory Christian team. I I saw them uh, probably about a month ago. So they were they're a very good team, very well coached. Um, so that's a huge win for Northside Christian, especially you know having a first year coach. Um, you know making it all the way to the Making it all the way to the finals, not only on the girls' side, but also on the boys' side, too. Uh, you know, they both have a chance to do something really special that I don't think has been done at Northside before. And I know you're really high on Sarah Strong. She's back in the finals again. Grace Christian, 31-3, is going to play Wayne Country Day, 27-1 and in the two-way final. Uh, hey. Can anybody stop Sarah Strong? Nope. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I haven't. I've been watching Sarah for four years now, and I haven't seen anybody can stop that, that, that child. Uh, I know she's going to be ready to go. This is, you know, she she kind of lives for moments like this. So I'm expecting a big performance by her. And I'm excited to see, like, how um, they're going to try to match up with her. I mean, because she's just a matchup nightmare because she's she's such a good and willing passer uh, and just a super high basketball IQ kid that can, that can score from both the inside and outside. Yeah, I remember we had our preseason photo shoot at Myers Park, and we were asking – five of the best players in North Carolina or the Carolinas period, who was the player they least liked to guard? And everybody said, strong, Sarah strong, Sarah strong. So uh, that, that was that, – I've never seen her play, but that was interesting to me. 3A, Concord Academy's back in the finals again. They're going to play High Point Christian. Uh, Randall, High Point's 20-8. and eight. Concord Academy's 23-7. and seven. Concord Academy has won its playoff games uh, 75-31, 61-40. Is there going to be any change in the finals? I mean, I just feel like this team is always there. Like, I feel like year after year, kind of like what we say with Carmel on the boys' side, like Concord Academy on the girls' side, they just always end up in the final. Um, you know, they play really well. They play – you know, they've been playing together for forever. Um, they have a great backcourt. Uh, I don't I don't see them losing losing this game uh, Saturday afternoon. No, they're really strong. In the 4A game, um, Cannon School, Gary, you, you said – Three weeks ago on the show, I asked you who's the best. If there was just an overall, we put everybody in one bracket, in one playoff bracket, who would win? And you said Cannon. You said Cannon was the best team in North Carolina. They're in the state finals. They're going to play Raven Gap. Uh, Cannon is, is won his two playoff games, 73-24. Uh, 
over Country Day, they beat Wesley and Christian 64-47. Raven Gap beat Providence Day in the semifinals. A little bit of an upset there, 53-42. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, you know, we, we, we said that Samaya Ruffin um, would be the suffering, I'm sorry, uh, would be the, the private school player of the year. And as I looked at the box score, they have they are having about four players in double figures, mm-hmm. and and she's not always the leading scorer. Mm-hmm. So um, they just have so much balance. I just and they're so athletic. Uh, they get up and down, physical. They're a strong team. Um, I just I just can't see anybody beating them at, at the private school level. Randolph, we took they, Cannon played Lake Norman on Saturday. What would happen? That that would be a dream matchup because it it would put Lily Booker versus Kirsten Lewis Williams, and those are two kids that they they mirror each other. When when you talk about kids that really just get after you, mm-hmm. they get after you on the defensive end of the floor and really make it hard for you. It, that would be a very very interesting matchup because I actually think that Cannon does match up with them well. Um, you know because Cannon does have you know kids that are willing defenders who can you know get steals and they get out in the open court. Uh, Samaya can score. Ashley Fowler can shoot it. So I mean, that would be a dream matchup if if we were able to get it. Just because I think they actually match up well against each other. Who would you pick as a winner? Oh God, Whew. no pressure. There's only like I don't know, sixty people on here. Who? <laughs> I'm I'm not picking against Lake Norman. I tell you. Yeah, you got you got smart. You got smart. You and I, you know I. I've I've rode that Lake Norman trade all, all season, so I'd I'd probably go with them. But I actually I think it would be a super close and super competitive game. Um, you know, Kansas play Kansas schedule. Kansas play. They've been so battle tested. Yeah, they they've been they've been playing people. And the thing about it is the thing that's going to make this game interesting. Um, you know, Raven Gap is Raven Gap doesn't really have a dominant score. Like I think when I look their their primary their top score averages like fourteen points a game. Um, so, you know, it's it's pretty balanced. It's like fourteen and then eight, eight, seven. Um, so, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, but you know, I I honestly the way Lily Booker guards and pressures people, especially if she's picking up full court, it's not a lot of kids that can handle that kind of pressure. And I think that for Cannon, the things that they're able to do on the defensive end of the floor really just helps them offensively. And for Raven Gap, it's one of those things where you can't let them get out on the open floor and you're going to have to slow the game down. If you try to play at the pace that Cannon plays at, it's going it's gonna to get ugly and it's going to get ugly quick. Kind of like that Lake Norman thing. Cam, what like, you like, so let me let me ask you a question. Yeah. If 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 we go chalk from where we are and and we get the regional that I think most of us expect, is that going to put a lot of pressure on the state to to play the regionals ah. in Charlotte? Okay. Well, you just you asked you you're jumping ahead on my on my little plan, but yeah, I mean the uh, 
the the this the state the regional d- decision will be made Monday or Tuesday of next week by the state association. And I can tell you that um, six schools in Charlotte have contacted NCHSA to host the regionals, and they are Butler, Harding, Huff, Independence, Rocky River, and West Mecklenburg. Now, I was told by the state association that several other teams in the West, schools in the West, have inquired about hosting, and there are more individual schools in the West asking about hosting than there are in the East. Um, if you get four Charlotte teams in the regional championship game, boys and girls, which is a possibility, I'm sure the Greensboro team's got something to say on the boys' side, but um, you would think they want to try to host it, you know, in Charlotte. I just don't think these high schools are big enough, to be honest. I think, you know, I wish CMS would kind of think out of the box a little bit, and I'll let you guys chime in on that, but I really think they should look at a UNC Charlotte, Independence Arena, a Queen, somewhere that's bigger, has more parking, because Providence is, I think, is still the biggest place around here. There's 2,300 people, and it, it, you're gonna have a line running around the building of people who can't get in if you try to, like, say, Pine the Sky, North Mac played Myers Park in the region final. Oh, that's yeah. that's seven to ten thousand people to probably want to see that game, and you're trying to play it in a place of those two thousand. I'll let you, you guys. I'll let you guys run with that. How uh, much? How much? How much does it? Maybe does anybody know how much does it cost to rent Bojangles? I do not know. I would think I would think that the, I would think the city. I believe the city's still in charge of Bojangles. I think they could probably work out a deal. If I'm UNC Charlotte, I'm darn near giving the place away because I want all these great players to come see my facilities. Yeah. No question. And they have the parking to handle it. And they have the parking to handle it. Go ahead, Rick. Oh, I think it'll be a dream if if the. Um the Western finals were held at UNC Charlotte. Like you said, Halton arena is a great arena. Uh, more importantly, it has great parking. And if you have a situation where you have North Mac playing uh, Myers park, I think you'll have 8,000 fans there easily to see that game. Just like when we had at uh, Carmel Christian this year, when we had Carmel in Myers park and there was probably 2000 people in there. We probably turned away that many as well. That would be probably the game at, at the public school level that everybody would want to see. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of the story there. Um, on the boys' side in the private schools, uh, Rick, while I got you talking, um, what do you see, you know, in that 1A final? It's a rematch. It seems like we get it every year. What do you see in there? Well, you know, if you look up – United Faith, United Faith and Northside Christian. I'm sorry for those United of you listening. Faith, um, you know, United Faith has, has played a, a difficult schedule early on. They, they haven't had a, a very difficult schedule the second part of the season. You know, you have to give hats off to both coaches. Darian Holloway is a first-year coach at United Faith, and also Ed Cook's a first-year coach at Northside Christian. Both of them have done a remarkable job. Um, Northside Christian has played a very tough and brutal schedule throughout the year. Uh, they may be more battle-tested. They don't have the star power that United Faith has. On paper, United Faith has more p- talent than Northside. I-, I do think, you know, United Faith is defending state champion. I know they have new pieces to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. I do think it's going to be a very close game, but at the end of the day, I would have to go with United Faith um, just for the overall talent that they have over Northside Christian. But it will be a very, very good game. Um yeah. And then in the two-way tonight, Rick, Burlington School uh, edged Gaston, Gaston Day 53-49 to advance. And I do not have a score. Oh, actually, Greenfield School beat Wayne Country Day 74-61. So it would be Greenfield 
against Burlington School. What do you see there? Again, I think it's a situation where you look at Burlington School's record. You know, there's a lot of losses, but they've played a high-level schedule. And, you know, they probably are going to have more talent than Greenfield. The Greenfield over Wayne Country Day is surprising, but it's a situation where if you look at the schedule during the season, Wayne Country Day has played them previously and beaten them. So it's sort of a situation where it's hard to beat someone three times. I do think, you know, Greenfield is, is very well coached. George Marshall is also a first-year coach at the Burlington School. Mm-hmm. I do think it's Burlington School's championship to lose. Um, they're battle-tested. They got some star power to the team, but they played a very gruesome schedule, and I think they're going to be prepared for the championship game. So I, I would go with the Burlington School. Yeah. How do you guys feel about coaches who are willing to play anybody and not necessarily worried about Like Burlington School is 22-15. and 15. And not worried about the record. How I do love, you guys feel about that? I love it, and it's, it's exactly what is exactly why Northside Christian is where they are right now because Ed Cook literally played anybody and everybody. I mean, Ed played combine twice, I think. I mean, it, it just he just didn't care. And you know, looking at that game, you know, both teams are battle tested, but I feel like you know Northside Northside has played an extreme schedule and I think it's gonna I think they're gonna be able to wear United Faith out and late in that game when it's winning time. Yeah. I, I don't know if if United Faith's gonna be able to answer the bell. I actually think I actually I'm leaning North Star Christian on that one just because I've seen that team and I've seen the way they compete. And Coach Rick is hundred percent right. They don't have the talent. Um say Canty promised to write you a check for saying all that nice stuff about his team United people tonight. Yeah, I, I get it, but I think I think I think it's gonna be a very very, I think it's gonna be a really really good game. It's gonna be but, a dog fight for sure, yeah. no question. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, it's gonna be a dog fight, and and I've seen Northside in those dog fights, and I've seen United Faith play. I think it's gonna be really really it's gonna be a tough out for United Faith to repeat as champions. Like oh. the answer the one the question that you had about like the coaches that play the most difficult schedule. You know, you look at coaches, especially like a school like Northside Christian, which is a 1A. You got Burlington School, which is a 2A. And there's some other schools at the 3A and the 4A. But at a private school, the most important thing that you can do, because you're wanting to get other quality players into your program, quality players want to play against other quality players and quality teams. The most important factor that you can do as a selling point with with when kids come to your campus, you can look at the Burlington School or Northside Christian. And as a coach, I can sit there and look at a kid and say, hey, listen, if you want to play against the best teams and play on the best platform, we have a spot for you. And, and, and most kids relish that opportunity to play all these top teams that they wouldn't get a chance to play unless they went to a school like that. Yeah, that's 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 a great point. Rick in the three A, uh, gonna be a, a battle of styles. Uh, Concord Academy wants to play in the seventies. They beat Asheville School, and and one of the best players we don't talk about enough is Darren Darren C. of Asheville School, uh, just a phenomenal kid. Uh, they they beat them in the semis. So Concord Academy thirty one and six is gonna play Greensboro Day, which beat Gaston Christian thirty to twenty seven. Which style of play is going to win out, Rick? Is it going to be Freddie Johnson slowing the ball down, or is it going to be Frank Canador speeding the ball up? 
Well, we, we had that matchup early in the year at the um, Carmel Tip-Off Classic, and that game went in a double overtime. Um, it's a situation where you hit the nail on the head. Concord Academy is going to want to speed the game up. They're going to want to up-tempo game. On the other hand, Freddie is going to slow it down. They're going to be very methodical, and they're going to spread you out, and they're going to, they're going to limit the number of possessions in the game. The, the, the thing that, that Concord Academy has to worry about is basically, you know, when you're playing Greensboro Day, when you come down and take a quick shot, you know that you're going to have to go down on the other end and you're going to have to defend for 40 seconds. And they're going to run their sets, they're going to run their plays, and they're going to get a, a pretty good shot. So it's a situation where you cannot afford to get down on Greensboro Day you know, more than four to six points because when you're playing Greensboro Day, you get down four or six points. That's like getting down 15 to 20 on somebody else. Yeah, It just becomes right. more difficult as the game goes on. So, you know, the key to this game is Concord Academy is going to have to set the tempo early and try to speed Greensboro Day up a little bit. I do think it's one of those games where it's a toss-up. It's just a, a situation. Greensboro Day has Jaden Young. Going to Virginia Tech, um, you got Freddie Johnson. But on the other hand, Frank Canagori has done a phenomenal job at Concord Academy. I just think that's going to be one of the um, better games at the state championship on Saturday. Yeah, and in the 4A game, Randall, um, Carmel Christian, if they have an Achilles heels, if they don't let a team come back, I think if they let Christ School come back, they could be in trouble on Saturday. Well, I'll tell you this. Joe if, they, if, they, if they can get a lead. Joe Badger is going to have his team ready to go. I can I I haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to any of his kids, but I'm sure he is telling his kids how good and how scary this this Christ school team is and how they wanted this matchup and how everybody in the state said they were the most talented um talented team in, in 4A and and he's not wrong. Um this team is super talented especially in the first five and Carmel Christian is going to have to play for 32 minutes. They're not going to be able to, to take, you know, long stretches of time off um, like they did on, on Tuesday, on Tuesday night versus uh, Providence day. Um, this is going to be a very good matchup. Um, you know, I still think, you know, like I said on the show, you know, I, I would never bet against coach Badgett, especially not in the state title. He's been there too many times. He's been there too many times consecutively. He's going to have his guys locked in and ready to go. And, uh, you know, it's a big game and, you know, the big the, the big three for them of Kamani Wirtz and Bryce Cash and Mustaf have proven that when they get in these type of situations that they can answer the bell each and every time so far this season. Rick, break down the game and tell folks a little bit about Christ School who might not know. Well, you know, and I said this the other night, Christ School might have at the private school level the, the best starting five. Um, you got five guys that are basically averaging in double figures. You got two seniors that are already committed to D1 school. You got a junior in Bryson Coakley that's already committed to Wake Forest. So it's a very talented team. Um, I think, for example, the, the, the only thing that I have reservations on Christ School is their strength of schedule. Um, I do think if you look at Christ School, their leading score is Keenan Wilkins, who, who's a smaller guard. He's probably at the six-foot range max. The, the, the advantage I see in this particular game is going to be the guard play is it can Christ school match up to the guard play 
with with Carmel Christian. Um, and we all know how well Jaden Mustaf is, you know, just attacking the rim. He's a downhill guard. But the thing he's done recently, he's really improved his three-point shooting. So it's a situation where a lot of teams early, the, the game plan is, hey, give Jaden Mustaf the three, just keep him out of the lane. Well, you can't do that right now because, as you saw against Providence Day, he can knock down that three, and he's done it consistently the second half of the year. So I do think the guard play be, between Jaden Mustaf, um, Bryce Cash, Kamani Worse, you know, again, Kamadi, which I told everybody from the very beginning of the year, he's going to be the X factor for Carmel. And the reason for that is his ability to shoot from the perimeter, you know, opens things up for Bryce Cash and also um, Jaden Mustaf. So I think it's going to be a very close game. It's going to be a game which probably won't be determined until the last three or four minutes of the game. But I do have to think that Carmel Christian, with basically playing a very difficult schedule early on, I think they're more battle-tested. They've been there. And, you know, it's a situation I agree uh, with Randall. It, it's just hard to go against Joe Badgett. Okay. And that's no knock on the um, – you know, Christ School coach, he's a very good coach as well. But, you know, Joe Badgett's been there. You know, it seems like every year he's been at the high school level, he's whether assistant or as a head coach, he's either played for a state championship or won a state championship. All right. Well, let's say go over to the, the 4A boys, which is our last uh, thing we're going to talk about tonight. Cameron, Myers Park has won two games, 85-31, 78-38 tonight. Uh, Marsh Parks never won a state championship. Is this the year? Uh, I think Cam had to leave, so I'll take oh. it. Okay. Uh, yes. You know, this is the year, and I think one thing that we've learned from these first two matchups is they're locked in, not only on the offensive side, but they're lock also locked in on the defensive side. Um, a big win for them tonight, and they get A.C. Reynolds on Saturday at home, who they've already played early in the season, and, you know, they took care of business there, so – um, you know, the rematch, I'm expecting more of the same. Rick, what do you think? I do think it's Myers Park's um, championship to win this year. I, I do think I agree with Randall. I think they're locked in both offensively and defensively. They, they got three high major, you know, players on the team. Um, you got Bishop Boswell, Sir Muhammad, and, and Sadiq White. Um, those are all underclassmen, but they're, they're phenomenal players. And then, of course, you know, one of the most consistent players for him is the senior, Elijah Strong. So, you know, I do think they create a problem for most teams because they have more physical size yes. than the other team at the um, public school level. They, they have shooting, but they also have good guard play. They have an inside-outside And they got a top-20 sophomore named Sadiq White who's going to be a freak. <laughs> Yeah, he he's he, he's going to be a top twenty player nationally. He is right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the thing about Sadiq is he's still learning the game. He's probably right now six nine, six ten. He has a seven foot two wingspan. He's a pogo stick. He's and he's one of these guys that you know you look at his score and you go, well, he's not that you know skilled yet as as far as a score. But what he does, he impacts the game defensively. He's a rim protector. Mm -hmm but he just makes it difficult for the opposing team to score on the interior or in the paint. 
he reminds me so much of a young Antoine Jameson when Antoine was at Providence, even his sophomore year, just so similar in, in game type. Antoine's jumper wasn't really there, but he's a pogo stick. He can run the floor about the same height. Antoine was right-handed. This kid's left-handed, but very similar uh, as I think about the two of them. But, Rick, I want to take you down to the bottom side of that Myers Park bracket. Uh, Catholic beat Olympic tonight, 55-52, in a really close game. Pat Tibbin had a big game, a big fellow for Charlotte Catholic. They're going to play Grimsley on Saturday at Grimsley. What do you think there? Well, I think we all learned one thing. We, we better not underestimate Charlotte Catholic anymore. <laughs> 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 because they have surprised everybody. And, and, and I think, too, you know, Charlotte Catholic has played a very difficult schedule. And the, and the one thing that really stands out to me about Charlotte Catholic, they may have given Central Cabarrus the best game of the entire season. If my memory serves me correct, they played Central Cabarrus and only lost by six. So, you know, Charlotte Catholic is a team that's very well coached. They have good size. They don't have the athleticism that Grimsley has. But I do think it's a situation where I've seen Charlotte Catholic go on the road, and they've gone on the road and beat like teams like East Mech and also yeah. Butler in their conference. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Charlotte Catholic come away with the win. Yeah, Charlotte Catholic lost to Central Cabarrus 66-62 on December the 30th in a tournament. Uh, Randall, what do you think? Is Catholic able to win this game? Oh, yeah. I mean, Catholic, see, what I think what, what people forget about Catholic is Catholic's not as athletic as some of these other teams. But when you talk about size, with Vaughn Thomas at 6'6", Pat Tibson at 6'8", six, six, um, you know, uh, Jake Carnoodle, another, you know, 6'5". Like, they have the size, and they really bother people on the defensive end. Um, you know, one thing about Coach King is he's going to make his guys guard, and they really get after people. And I think the addition of Ryan Lewis has been great for them all season long. And he really gives them a different dimension at that point guard spot that they haven't had in a very long time over there. Catholics won 11 to 12, Rick, and four in a row. They're on a real roll right now. Who is that now? Catholic. 11 to 12, four in a row. Yeah, and I've been on the, on the receiving end of not guessing them right, too. <laughs> well, we won't talk about my picks this year, Harper. We won't talk about picks. Let's drop no, down to I, the bottom I, side. Randall, I think Ryan Lewis, for them, has been the X factor because he, he's had some really, really good games at the end of the year. And, um, you know, I went to go watch them a, a, a few times, saw them in open gym. But they do have that size. And, and the thing about it is Vaughn Thomas handles the ball a lot, too. And he's such a good um, passer. Feeds the court really well. And, of course, you got Pat Tibbin, who is a Division One prospect. And the other thing, too, is they're very well coached. They're very, very well. Coach King does a great job with them. Gary, I want to come down to the bottom side of this bracket. Chambers uh, beat Hickory Ridge by 18. They beat Piedmont tonight by nearly 30. They're going to one of the hardest places to play in North Carolina on Saturday, going to play Mount Tabor. Mount Tabor beat Porter Ridge by 40, and they won tonight by three. Tell me if Chambers has a shot to win up in the Winston-Salem area. Well, I mean, they always have a shot, but that's a tough place to play. Yes, that's putting uh, that it mildly right there. Tough place to play. Now, here's the thing about it. Like Rick said, Chambers is battle tested. <laughs> they are battle tested. They Mount, seen Tab it all. Mount Tabor's twenty six and two and was fourteen zero in the conference. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know how or what that league is like up in Winston Salem, but I know what it's like here in Charlotte. <laughs> they won a Chambers lot of games by blowouts. I'm looking, at their, I'm looking at their schedule now. They won a lot of games by blowout. They lost to Reagan 45-41 in the conference tournament most recently. 
So that ended a long to, winning streak. That you know, to, to to answer your question, yeah, they got a chance, but it it's gonna be a four quarter game. But they're they're conditioned for it. I mean, mentally no. and physically, yeah. they're conditioned for it. No question. Uh, and they and and I tell you that the key, Jordan Patton, he has really taken yeah. off the last yeah. half of the season. Yeah, man. He's been one of the best players in Charlotte. The first half of the season, he he was hit two, four, you know, six was a good game, and, and the reason you know I, I concentrated on him so much is. His mom was my assistant coach when I went to the state championship. Is that right? Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I kind of keep an eye on him because, you know, I've known his mom for so many years. And she would be getting on him at the game. You know, you got to toughen up. You got to Now, all of a sudden, I mean, he's been their most consistent player over the last three or four weeks. No, he's had some monster games uh, here lately. Rick, uh, you know, what do you see in this Chambers Mount Tabor game? I would be very shocked if Chambers doesn't win that game by at least five or more. Um, you know, I, I just think Chambers is a more talented team. They're more battle-tested schedule. And as tough as Mount Tabor may be to play at Mount Tabor, there's no tougher game to play than at North Mech. And they, came, they went to North Mech and beat North Mech on their home court. I just think that Chambers is playing with a chip on their shoulder, uh, I think they're they're looking at the opportunity to get a rematch back with North Mac um, in the worst way. Um, but I, I'm going with Chambers the whole way. I just think that their schedule, strength of schedule, um, says a lot about them. I mean, you, you think about a team that they've gone on the road and played Cannon. They've gone on the road and played other difficult teams. But, you know, playing in the Queen City and going up against the likes of North Mac and West Charlotte, Huff and Hopewell, those are some very – you know, battle-tested teams. I I question the the strength of schedule that Mount Tabor has played. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think those teams in that particular conference are as talented as the teams in the Charlotte area. Okay, that's fair. Um, I wonder, Rick, do you think that Chambers has heard us and a lot of other people uh, talking about a potential Mars Park North make matchup, and they? you know, don't necessarily want to hear all that. And they, and they still say, Hey, we're around. Absolutely. Is that a, is that a thing? Absolutely. Because <laughs> I hear it from, <laughs> it's like, don't count us out. You know, you guys are talking about North Mac Myers park, but you know, Chambers has a say so in the matter as well. Yeah. Um, that, that, and, and speaking of North Mac, Mr. Evans tonight, Another 40-point game, 44 points. He's been over 44 times. He's had 37 or more eight times. Uh, he's having a historic scoring year, guys, especially the last these last seven, eight, nine games. Is there anybody who's going to stop him? And Does he have enough help to get it done? What do you guys think? Let, let me tell you, I, like I said, I went to the game tonight, and, you know, Hopewell is scrappy, and they were hanging around, but he caught one at the top of the key. And went mm-hmm. straight down the lane and punched it on somebody. Uh-huh. Game over. <laughs> he took all the fight out of Hopewell from that point on. He he's kind of in a groove right now that you don't see a lot in high school where a guy nah. just has incredible self belief, incredible talent. It's just kind of a mix nah. of, of all of that. I don't right, I don't know I don't know how big that rim is right now. I mean, I yeah, feel that's like what I'm saying. It's just, it's crazy the type of rhythm he's in. And, I mean, it's very rare that at the high school level you're talking about, you know, taking a kid out of his rhythm. 
because, you know, normally it's like, oh, okay, a kid has a good game, a good, you know. But, I mean, like you said, he's on a historic run. You're talking about Dude, multiple 40-point games this season. Like, it is crazy the, the, the now, way he's scoring a basketball. You know, from right Kobe now. White type scoring stuff. Yeah, and he's doing, and he's doing it pretty officially, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. he he did. He posted up a lot, and he turned over either shoulder tonight, and just you know, he just effortlessly. It looked like Kevin Durant at the elbow in the NBA. That's what he looked like. You know, <laughs> give it to me. I don't need to dribble. I'm just gonna rise up and shoot over this guy. And he's and he's six eight. I mean, is, yeah. is no, here's there's the no thing. answer. High school was six eight guard. There's no answer. And, and Langston, here's the thing: talking to a lot of high major coaches, he's one of the more intriguing prospects in the North Carolina class. You know, he's a top thirty prospect nationally. And here's the thing that's impressive about um, Isaiah Evans, and, and that's what I call the dog factor. When you watch him play, he plays with a lot of emotion. He plays with a lot of passion, mm-hmm. and you know what? He doesn't mind flexing those, you know, that skinny frame. Into the box. <laughs> yeah, but, hey, know, and he flexed he after he, he punched it. He doesn't <laughs> mind getting in your face and letting you know that he did something, you know, over you. And yeah. I think, you know, if you look at it, like the landscape with a lot of these high major prospects, you know, the, the thing that I look at is so many of these players play too cool. I yeah. bet doesn't play too cool. He, he gets after it. And, um, you know, going building on what Coach Riggs just said, you know, it's a toughness thing. And, yep. you know, toughness isn't always about, you know, fighting or being a bully. Sometimes it's just toughness comes from d- doing the little things. And, and I saw him in that championship game last week versus Chambers take a charge. And I remember sitting there thinking, like, what other five-star at this level is, is taking a charge in the first quarter of a game? Uh, you know, he – the shot goes up and he he's blocking blocking out and and getting guys out of there and I'm like you know it's the little things those are toughness plays and and that's one thing that really stood out to me it's like imagine going to score forty but I'm also doing all the dirty work no quite good and, point you know, and 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 when you and it, it makes Coach Lewis's job a little bit easier because it's like you know for everybody else it's like man listen if this guy is doing it I got to be doing it too. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's 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 a great point. All right, Rick, North Mexico play East Forsyth. I mean, we're giving North a lot of kudos. East Forsyth beat uh, Butler in the first round by six. They beat Lake Norman by seven tonight. What are they going to take over to North Mech in that little gym on Saturday? Um, North Mech will blow them out, um, without a doubt. So uh, you guys are telling me North Mech Chambers in one side of the bracket and in Myers Park, who's going to win, Rick, Catholic and Grimsley? I'm going with Catholic. So you telling me four CMS teams are gonna get to the regional finals on semifinals on Tuesday? Gary, remember how they used to have all the regionals together in one place back in the day? Yep, Lenore Ryan. Can you imagine if four CMS teams were to play on Tuesday and they put it all together in one place? I know that Dwayne, I know he don't want to give it up, and Scott doesn't want to give it up, but can you imagine <laughs> if you had a doubleheader with Myers Park playing Catholic and North Mac playing Chambers, and you put it at Queens or somewhere? I'm just saying, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> that would that be that be pretty. I, I just yeah, think it sounds it's, good. Like I know it sounds good. I mean, I I dream big, but my dreams don't. Yeah, my dreams. I, I, I just think it's, rarely come true. Yeah, and, I, and, I and the state is problem. slow in making their decision. And I think the best we're gonna get is maybe Independence because it's a new gym. You know. Well, I think these games on Tuesday are gonna be at home. Nah, them Tuesday. Let me be very clear. These games on Tuesday are gonna be at home. 
Okay, so they're gonna be home sites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, and then the one on Saturday, the one on Saturday will be at a, at a neutral site, and I, and I think you know CMS could be wise to move that, and particularly if you have two CMS teams and then do two Charlotte area girls teams playing as well. Uh, that that could be something special on Saturday, but we'll see how it goes. But I, I want to try to keep this to an hour. We're about an hour and five. Uh, a lot of people came in listening. Still, a lot of you guys listening. We'll try to do these uh, on a more regular basis as we kind of go through the playoffs. Um, before I let before I hang up, if any of you guys wanted to make a comment, you know, we'll take a quick comment. If not, we're gonna get off. I see Jeff Sirianni on here. Uh, he put a little tweet out about uh, Gary's prediction earlier tonight that made me chuckle. <laughs> Everybody says let me see, they, let me see what good. Are. I know. They, let me see what you Jeff see the tweet. Say. Yeah, he, he put a he put a he, he took the he screenshot and I, he took the video clip of Gary and put it in and he <laughs> just said that maybe no, late normal girls should listen to the the experts. But look, fellas, I mean we're we're guessing and you know sometimes you get them right, sometimes you get them wrong. But hey, he watched he watched the talking preps every every Monday night. But but the, but the key is he still called us an expert. That's right. He didn't call you. <laughs> hey, hey, Gary. <laughs> Yeah, I'm watching the game with you, sitting next to you. Now, uh-huh. what did I mention to your prediction? <laughs> yeah. So no, that was good. But thanks, guys, for for coming on. Please watch the show, uh, Talking Preps, on Monday. You can watch the replay right now on CharlotteObserver.com. Please subscribe if you watch us on YouTube. Please, you know, like and subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to the paper. Uh, we got full coverage up. I, as we were doing this tonight, I put all the coverage up for tonight, so it's all on the website. So you can go read about Isaiah Evans and, and Lake Norman's girls and all the we got all the box scores and big five performers. And I'm gonna make a little graphic here in a minute. But thanks for joining us and we'll catch you uh Monday on the show.